Bienvenidos and welcome to the next installment of Lead Media Programming from Studio 54, campus of California State University, San Bernardino, the digital media platform for inspired educators, leaders, and community activists and advocates, taking our message directly to the people, to the gente. Thank you for sharing our common interest in the analysis, discussion, critique, dissemination, and commitment to the educational issues that impact Latinos. I'm your host, Dr. Enrique Murillo Jr., and this episode is a syndicated replay from season eight of LEAD Summit 2017. The theme that year was Sin Fronteras, Educating Beyond Borders, as we worked to identify barriers that exist in education and use this metaphor to question and explain why we must transgress beyond them so as to in interrupt and examine the interactions and discourses that create separations and alienation among people. The featured speaker for this segment is Eloy Ortiz Oakley, who at the time had just become chancellor from the California, for the California Community Colleges, alongside with the panel. The segment highlights the multiple ways in which community college Latino students and leaders were both responding to and challenging institutionalized obstacles in the community college pathway. It was a historic junction, not just because Ortiz Oakley was appointed as chancellor, but at the time, Latinos had become the largest student population of color in higher education and represented 25% of community college students nationwide. Continue and enjoy the full value and complexity of this episode. We extend our appreciation to all our lead sponsors and partners planners, volunteers, speakers, panelists, of course the production team, affiliates, and town hall chapters. We commend them all for lifting their voice and uplifting the plight of Latinos in education. Thank you, gracias, Glaso Camate. Good morning, buenos dias. It's great to have you here. Uh, what an honor to be here this morning. I'm gonna give you some data to, to contextualize the conversation that we're gonna have with this distinguished panel. Nationally, one out of four college students are Latinas and Latinos. When controlling for academic achievement in class, Latinos are more likely to enroll in a community college than any other sector of public education. More locally here in California, as we know, California has the largest community college system in the country the largest in the world, second to China. Specifically here in our state, there's 2.5 million students enrolled, 1.1 million are Latino students, half a million are African-American students, so by default, this system is the largest system for students of color, and overwhelmingly is the system for Latino students. Of these Latino students in the community college, over half, 65%, specifically aspire to transfer and go on to the four-year university. However, only one in 10 eventually do. Clearly, there's a mismatch there that we need to further explore. Nonetheless, when we look at baccalaureate attainment for Latino students, one out of one third, 33%, are community college transfer student. Now, looking at the end of the post-secondary educational pipeline at the PhD level, when we look at PhD scholars for Latinos and Latinas, when we looked at 1990 to 2000, one out of four PhD scholars for Chicanas and Chicanos had started at the community college sector. So that means clearly the community college system as a whole, but especially for California, we play a critical role in how to support and broaden access 
and really support our students to navigate post-secondary pathways to ensure that they are going to access not only baccalaureate degrees, but graduate degrees as a whole. So understanding this particular context is clearly this conversation is not only timely, but it's critical. So I have the opportunity to introduce to you a distinguished panel this morning to engage in this critical conversation. So to my left, your right, we have Dr. Edna Martinez and Dr. Nancy Acevedo-Gil. They are both faculty in the Department of Education and Leadership and Technology here at Cal State San Bernardino. To my right, your left, we have Dr. Daniel Solorzano, who is a professor of social science and comparative education, graduate school of education and information study, and Chicano and Chicano studies, and women's studies at UCLA. And as some of you may know and would know, he is one of the leading scholars in documenting the Latina, Latino, Chicano education nationally and locally. And he, by default, selfishly, is, was, and continues to be my academic padrino, as we would say. And so, honored to introduce him. And our distinguished guest here today, we have our, our speaker, Chancellor Eloy Ortiz Oakley, who was announced to serve as the leading chancellor for the community college system as of December of last year. So please welcome your distinguished panel. I will be here to moderate a question at the end of the session, but I will go ahead and transition our questions to Dr. Edna and Nancy Acevedo-Gil. Thank you. We will invite Chancellor Oakley to come up to give his commentary first, for, and then we will open it up for questions from our panel. All right, thank you. Uh, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, and, uh, you know, I have to begin by saying that, um, um, you know, I don't uh, uh, normally drive out uh, to San Bernardino from Long Beach, but. Um, uh, I do for the hardest working uh, Latino advocate that I have ever met in Enrique. So please join me in giving him another round of applause for all of his hard work. Uh, so uh, I'm just going to take a, a few minutes to talk about um, what, what's on your mind, I'm sure, and what's on my mind, and that is uh, Latino education, Latino student success. And then I uh, welcome the opportunity to, to hear from our panelists and to answer any questions that they might have. Um, you all understand the statistics. There's, there's no point in me sitting here telling you uh, and walking you through all the depressing statistics that uh, we already know clearly exist. Um, but um, as was mentioned, the California Community College System is the um, largest system of public higher education in the nation and in being so opens the door to the majority of Latinos into higher education. And that is a privilege that we have. It's also a responsibility that our community colleges have and it's a responsibility that we're going to be talking a lot about over the next several years. Uh, my good friend Sarita Brown who um, oversees uh, an organization called uh, uh, Excelencia in, um, uh, in education, uh, we, we talk a lot about 
this issue of Latino student success. And you have institutions like uh, the one I previously had the opportunity to lead, Long Beach City College or Cal State uh, San Bernardino or hundreds of colleges and universities throughout the country which are now designated Hispanic serving institutions uh, by the federal government through the Department of Education. And you become a Hispanic serving institution by serving a large majority of Latinos. But that's really the only qualification a Hispanic serving institution has in order to be designated one. So we've been talking a lot about changing that dynamic and this is a roundabout way of getting to, to my point. We need to become Hispanic graduating institutions, not just Hispanic serving institutions. We need to give our young people credentials. So certainly in our 113 colleges, um, uh, many of which are Hispanic serving institutions, we wanna ensure that the responsibility lies within each and every one of our colleges to become Hispanic graduating institutions or African-American graduating institutions or Pacific Islander graduating institutions. We need to ensure that more young people, more working class adults, more people, more Californians have access to not just a quality education, but leave with a quality credential in their hand. Because what we know today, clearly, week after week, we can pick up the paper and read another study that says clearly the gap between those with a high school education and those with a college credential continues to increase. And though, and such, and because we see a widening gap. You know, this last presidential election um, showed us a lot and um, in some cases showed us too much, but it did show us a lot. Uh, but what I wanna focus on is the issue of more and more Californians, more and more Americans becoming disconnected from the economy. Because at the end of the day, it's all about the economy and the opportunity to engage in the economy in a meaningful way. And a high school diploma just doesn't get our kids there, our working age adults there any longer. So we have an imperative. You already know we have a crisis. And we've tried the moral argument for years and years and years and years. And we still are treading water using the moral argument. This is an economic argument. In order for states like California to succeed, in order for our nation to succeed, we need to embrace every single asset in our community. And as it's evident, most of those assets are becoming brown, are becoming black, are becoming Asian and Pacific Islander. We need to embrace all of those assets and ensure that we allow them the opportunity for a quality credential. So, I appreciate the work that you all are doing in continuing to lead the effort to focus attention on Latino students. Our state depends on us being successful. Our state will not continue as it was or as it should be if we are not successful at putting more quality credentials in the hands of Latino students. And I'm proud and, and privileged to have the opportunity to lead our 113 colleges on that journey. 
And it's a journey that cannot take 5, 10, 15 years. It's a journey that has to take one, two, three years. We need to make progress today. We need to embrace the urgency of now. We cannot wait and continue to wait until tomorrow. So I hope that you join me in that journey and support our California Community College system, support the California State University system, which between the two are the workhorse for our economy in California. And our economy in California cannot do the work it needs to do without more Latinos meaningfully participating in the workforce. So we have a lot in front of us. Uh, I know you've heard about all of the data. We're gonna be putting a clear focus on that data and being very intentional about what's going on and very intentional about holding ourselves accountable for what we need to do. So again, I thank you for coming out here and continuing to support this effort and support the efforts in all of your communities. We need to do this day in and day out. This can't be about coming to the lead conference once a year. This has to be about living the lead conference every day in every single one of our communities and pushing and pushing all of our leaders until we see the results that will give us what we've been looking for and allow California to continue to be the leader that it has been. So with that, I will stop and turn it back over to our panelists. And again, thank you all for coming here and for your continued support. Wonderful. Thank you for that. Um, we will have a couple of questions to ask, uh, and then we'll open up questions to the audience. So uh, Chancellor Oakley, as Dr. Rivas mentioned earlier, Latino students have these aspirations to transfer. Um, unfortunately, we know that at least 85% of students who are coming into the community college system will be testing into developmental or remedial math. And after four years of coursework, out of 100 students who actually enroll in developmental math, only 17 will complete a transfer level math course. So at the institutional level, the developmental education system is broken. The basic skills, remedial education, whatever terminology you want to use. Can you share with us your plan for transformative policies to promote equity and justice within developmental education? While we have these great, um, much-needed programs beginning like multiple measures and acceleration, systematically, what measurements or credentials can you propose uh, to address these deficit ideologies of instructors and administrators that, no matter how amazing the policy, once it gets at the institutional implementation level, it's going to um, create a barrier for our students and for other amazing leaders within these systems? Well, that's the million-dollar question. Um, and I will, I will try to, to give you as succinct an answer as possible because I could probably literally spend all day talking to you about just this question uh, because it has many, many tentacles, many, many reasons, uh, and you know the conspiracy theorist in me would say that it's been complicated on purpose. Mm. Um, so uh, let me begin with saying clearly that uh, you, you used a phrase in your question that thousands and thousands of students test in at the developmental level. And let me focus on the word test. Um, uh, it's certainly been my experience uh, when I worked at Long Beach City College and the work that I've seen happen across the nation 
that standardized placement exams are some of the worst predictors of college success that exists in our system throughout the country. And we need to end the use of standardized placement exams, period. Uh, I can tell you that the California community colleges will move in that direction at an accelerated pace. Um, we are looking at ways to create a multiple measures platform that allows every college to use multiple um, measures, uh, whether that be high school transcripts or other information that gives us better information about whether or not a student can be successful in a college level course. Um, there are a lot of things we need to do to get there. We need to have better data. We need to have greater access to high school transcripts in a real time basis. Uh, but the importance of this is tremendous. One, because my experience at Long Beach was that um, the semester after we implemented a multiple measures framework for all Long Beach Unified uh, uh, students coming to Long Beach City College, we saw a 300% increase in the number of students of color that placed into college level math. Think about that. No student is transferring without successfully navigating college level or transfer level math. That's just a period. You can put a period at the end of that. So when I got to Long Beach City College, um, we literally had success rates of Latino students in college level math in the single digits. Uh, so it's no surprise what's happening on the other end of that funnel. Very few students <coughs> were getting through to the other end. And you could say the same thing about African-American students. You could say the same thing about Southeast Asian students, Pacific Islander students, any student who is uh, socioeconomically disadvantaged. It's the same story. And you could play this tune across the entire nation. So there's been a lot of great work that's been done on the Community College Research Center of Columbia uh, uh, Teachers College that clearly shows that we need to move away from these standardized placement exams. And we are going to do that. Uh, there, as I'm sure you heard, there is a bill in uh, the legislature that would allow us to do that even faster. But regardless of bills, we know what needs to be done and we're going to set to work on getting it done. Um, it will take a little bit of time, so we have 113 colleges and believe it or not, I can't just tell 113 colleges what to do. I have to slowly convince them what to do, but we're going we're gonna to speed that up. Um, you know, the other thing that, um, that needs to happen is, I mean, if you take a step back, why do we have standardized placement exams? Why? Because faculty don't trust faculty. Community college faculty don't trust high school faculty. Cal State faculty don't trust community college faculty. And the UC faculty doesn't trust anyone. <laughs> so <laughs> that is a fundamental problem. How do we get consistency across all segments of public education to ensure that if somebody graduates from um, Garfield High or Pacific Palisades or anywhere in the state of California, 
those grades are consistently applied to whatever class they need to be placed in. That's the way it should work. But then we've created all these complicated structures to try and weed out students from this high school or that high school because we don't trust the curriculum at that high school or we don't trust the graduation rates at that high school. And the students coming from this high school are much better quality than that high school. That's craziness. Again, that plays to the notion that the zip code that you're born into will dictate your path in life, and we need to end that. So things like Common Core implementation, you know, we can beat our head, ourselves over the head a lot about whether we're doing it right, whether we're doing it wrong, whether local control funding formula is going to get us there, but we need to get behind initiatives that level the playing field. And it's going to take time, but we've got to get it done. So that's the long-term solution. In the short term, I know that the Cal State system is also, I uh, heard from Chancellor White, that they're looking at uh, their placement exams. I think you're going to see this across the country, more and better ways to assess students' ability to succeed. And then once we do that, yes, we still have a problem with remediation. So we're investing a, a lot of resources right now to improve our ability to continue to move students forward regardless of where their gaps might exist. And we've seen a lot of great practices across the country, and we're going to try to accelerate the adoption of those practices uh, right now and hopefully move those students that still need some remedial support, an opportunity to do that in a timely manner without having to sit through three semesters before they get to a college-level class. So, Chancellor Oakley, we've talked a little bit about developmental education, a little bit about transfer education. I'm hoping you can talk to us a little bit about the California Community College's baccalaureate degree pilot program. Mm -hmm. The discourse surrounding the pilot program is very much centered on meeting state and local workforce needs. The question being, what does it mean for our students? 12 of the 15 pilot sites are Hispanic-serving institutions. Two are designated as emerging Hispanic-serving institutions. So again, what does a pilot program mean for our students? Is it a potential opportunity to increase baccalaureate degree attainment for Latino students? So the, the short answer is yes, it is an opportunity to increase baccalaureate attainment. Um, there are some challenges with that construct, though. Uh, first, um, the real answer to the challenge is increased capacity at the California State University system. That is the ultimate solution. I mean, we are now trying to find ways around the lack of capacity at the Cal State University system. And so we're looking at ways to get the community colleges to provide access uh, to workforce needs. Um, and that runs contrary to the way that we set up our system in California. We have asked the community colleges to serve many, many missions. And now we're asking them to serve another. My concern is that California community colleges are already underfunded. Per student funding is some of the worst in the country. And now we're asking them to offer quality, and they will, quality baccalaureate degrees. <coughs> and I'm sure the legislature is going to think, and no offense to my friends in the legislature, but they're going to think we can do it cheaper in the California community colleges. We don't want cheaper for our students. We want the highest quality for our students. So we have to be careful. 
we have to be careful we go down this road that we're not bifurcating paths for you know the Latino or black students who can't afford or can't get access to the Cal State system they can go get a cheap bachelor's degree that's not what we want uh, so I'm all for doing everything possible to support the existing pilots but not without a conversation about what kind of access we need for our students in the Cal State system and why aren't we funding it and that we will not be the release valve for the legislature when they don't feel that they want to fund the Cal State system anymore and that they believe that we can do it cheaper in the community college system. Uh, so this is going to be a delicate balance. At the end of the day, yes, there are communities in this state that don't have easy access to a Cal State campus. And in those situations, yes, we should be allowing a community college to provide whatever access that community needs, but not because it's a cheaper way of doing it or not because we don't want to fund the Cal State system. Thank you. Uh, thank the panel, um, and thanks, Eloy, for your important sort of insight into this, this really critical question that we're all facing in the state of California, actually in the country. <clears throat> in, in 2015, uh, the Public Policy Institute of California issued a report titled, Will California Run Out of College Graduates? And in that report, they said by 2030, by 2030, California will fall 1.1 million baccalaureate degrees short of what the economy will demand in the state of California. 1.1 million baccalaureate degrees short. So what they're saying is that the supply of baccalaureates in 2030 will not meet the demand for baccalaureates in 2030. And we're only 13 years away. And I think that's a real crisis. And I think that part of our discussion here is, is, is part of engaging in that situation. I thought I heard someone in the previous panel mention some of this data as well. Um, I argue that the path to meeting that baccalaureate demand in the state of California uh, is gonna come through community colleges. It has to come through community colleges. And it has to come through, initially, I, I think primarily through its, its, its uh, transfer programs. Right? And I think that we have to emphasize the importance of those transfer programs in, in a number of ways that I'll get to in a second. But as, as, as uh, the panel has mentioned, as Eloy has mentioned, the, the, the real challenge here is um, to meeting any of those sort of benchmarks is developmental math and in, in English. That is a real challenge. And I'm really heartened to hear that uh, uh, Chancellor Ortiz is, is, is going to push the 113 campuses to deal with that issue around developmental math and developmental English, uh, especially as, it, as an assessment issue, because it's really at least, at least two areas that I think are really critical, and he's addressed one of them, and that's the assessment. And I agree with him that, that the kind of uh, assessments we use often work against um, communities of color, poor communities, um, uh, first-generation communities. Um, but, but it's also a curricular issue. And I think that's an issue I think we need to really start thinking about how we're gonna deal with um, developmental uh, English and math. I think we have some answers, and I think that we, we had a conference here yesterday on Puente. I think Puente is a really an important program. It's, it's, it's shown results. Um, sometimes when we ask Puente to sort of scale up to, 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 to meet the demand of, of, of our students' needs, uh, it, it's very difficult because there's no resources there. 
But I'm, what I'm saying, what I'm asking for, I'm calling for, is that maybe we should think about um, develop, developmental math in a similar way, almost like a puente for math. Um, and I've been having conversations with colleagues around the country about what that would look like. Um, I've been mainly talking to some of my African-American colleagues who do ethno-mathematics um, uh, and other race-based mathematics sort of uh, 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 curriculum and, and pedagogy. And so I think we need to have those conversations. I would love to see those conversations had um, statewide, uh, especially uh, in, our, in our community colleges, but also in, in conversation with our high schools. We don't have conversations with our high school faculty. As Eloy mentioned, we sort of distrust each other across systems, and that's really a challenge for, for many of us. Um, and so I would love to see you know, our high school math instructors have conversations with our community college math instructors about what, what does that look like? What does, what does a, a puente in mathematics or for mathematics, what would it look like uh, here in the state of California? But we rarely have those conversations across sectors. And I really think that, that, that that's really gonna be important. Another key to meeting that demand, I think, um, are partnerships between our community colleges and our four-year institutions. I think there are not enough of them. Um, especially in the CSU, CCC sort of connection. I'd love to see many more of those, uh, those um, partnerships between our, 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 our institutions. But I'm gonna give you some promising practices that many of you in this room probably know about, but I'll, I'll share it with you with those who don't. Uh, at UCLA, we have uh, something called the Center for Community College Partnerships. And I actually think that's one of the, one of the better and probably one of the models for partnershiping between the UC, or a four-year institution, and our community colleges. And so, to give you an example, at UCLA, I'm, I, I'm not sure if we're the, on this particular data point, if we're the highest in the UC system, but I think we are. If there's one other campus, it might be UC Riverside, but, but here's the data. In our entering class in fall of 2015, meaning our first-time freshmen and our transfer students, 41%, 41% of our entering class in 2015 were community college transfer students. Four out of every 10, right? What that tells you is that, I hope it tells you, and I hope I can say this with, with, uh, with ganas, is that we are committed at UCLA to transfer students, right? Not just bringing them to campus, but making UCLA a transfer receptive culture so that students who come to UCLA will succeed at UCLA. And, 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 and so I think that is, is, is really important, that, that um, both having a transfer sending culture at our, at our 113 community colleges, but also a transfer receptive culture. I mean, sometimes we, you, you let us off the hook. You let the, the university, the four-year university off the hook. You let the UCLA, for instance, off the hook. Don't let us off the hook. Push us, right? And I think the CCCP, the Center for Community College Partnerships at UCLA, is trying to address that transfer receptive culture. What do we do? How do we support students who come to UCLA? And one metric of that support, right, uh, the latest data we have is that about 83%, I'm sorry, 85% of all students who come to UCLA will graduate in four years. I mean, you would like to graduate in two years, but unfortunately, that's not what's happening at the UC system or the CC or the CSU system. But 85% of our Latino students are graduating in, in, in four years. But the important things are graduating, 
right? So they come to UCLA, and we get them through UCLA, and hopefully we have programs in place that will get them to graduate and professional schools as well, right? And so I guess that partnership piece, I think, is really important because as I talk to my colleagues um, at the community colleges uh, or at the CSUs, we don't have those strong partnerships between the, the local community colleges and the four-year campus, and I think we really have to push that. And so in the long run, I'm arguing that the supply of baccalaureate degrees um, can only be met, that supply, that, that 1.1 million, can only be met is if we address this issue of transfer. And maybe, with all of its challenges that we'll have, the, 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 having the CCCs confer baccalaureate degrees. But I think that's a little more challenging. We need more discussion on that, of what that degree means, the value of that degree, et cetera. And so I, I sort of want to leave it there uh, in terms of my remarks about this uh, on this panel. So we'll take this moment to thank both our faculty panelists, Dr. Edna and Dr. Nancy Acevedo Gil and Dr. Solorzano for providing commentary. And obviously to thank Dr. Chancellor Oakley for providing commentary on his vision in terms of moving forward to support Latino students within the community college sector. But we want to take a quick minute to open up this dialogue and take a question from the audience. So if any one of you would like to take, make a question, please go ahead. The mic is front and center. Hello, thank you for your time today, Chancellor. My name's Amanda Monroy, and I'm a Puentista from Victor Valley Community College. I graduated and transferred from Victor Valley Community College, and thanks to the Puente program, which aims to increase the number of educationally disadvantaged students to transfer to four-year universities, earn their degrees, and return to the community as leaders and mentors to future generations. I am now a student here at Cal State University San Bernardino. Uh, I am now currently a senior who will be graduating and also involved heavily in student government and in my community here in San Bernardino. Um, first, uh, we as Puentistas want to congratulate the Chancellor on your appointment. And we are extremely proud to have a Latino leader, especially given the demographics in California. Uh, because we have an interest in your success, uh, how can we incorporate a student voice in your policy making mm -hmm. to ensure that our diverse student needs are being represented? Um, because we know that just because we have the same goals doesn't mean we have the same journey. So a lot of community college students have a very different experience. 60% uh, work part-time. A majority of students are working and going to school. Uh, we have students who are parents uh, going to school and taking care of their families. Uh, we have a lot of, a lot of uh, students who are adults re-entering the community college program, uh, Puente program as well, who are looking to earn a degree to better their lives and the lives of their families. So as you can see, we have a very diverse community college spectrum. Uh, we have students ranging from 18 to 80 years old who are looking to improve their lives. So we just really want to know how can we as students ensure that our diverse student needs are being represented in this new policy making this year. Thank you. Well, your, um, 
uh, your question, uh, and uh, especially the way you articulate it, it makes me proud that you are one of a, of a product of the California Community College System. So I expect great things from you. Uh, and um, <laughs> you know, let me let me just touch on two things. Um, California Community College students uh, and students in general, particularly students of color, need to organize. And many times, um, you, you know, uh, we organize around things that uh, impact. I mean, obviously, many students are organized right now around issues that are impacting our colleges and universities and communities uh, based on the, the most recent uh, executive order. So, uh, but we also need to organize around issues that will impact our communities in the long term. Um, so there's, there's two things I, I would tell you. One is, it's, un it's an unfortunate myth that we've created in California that it is inexpensive to go to community college. Um, we have the lowest tuition in the country, but the cost of going to college isn't the tuition. The cost of going to college is affording textbooks, living expenses, particularly for any urban community, the cost of not going to work and going full time. So we do a terrible job of packaging aid for community college students who are the neediest, who, are, who need to get into the workforce as quickly as possible. Instead, we tell them tuition is cheap, you know, just come to community college and, you know, if it takes you six or seven years, no big deal, it's cheap. No, it's not cheap. It is not cheap at all. And, and we've given a, a, a false narrative to students throughout California. We need to do a better job of working with our leadership in Sacramento, the California Student Aid Commission, and our leaders on all three systems to do a better job of providing aid to California community college students so that they can go full time and so that they can stop working in service industry jobs just to make ends meet and just to go to community college part time and get to that credential as quickly as possible so that they can move forward and meaningfully participate in the economy. So we need to do a better job of that. And that directly impacts our students. The second thing I'd say to you is we need to do more to package our courses and, and get our colleges to act like we do in the Puente program, okay? We, Puente programs are great for helping students navigate the courses that they need to take in order to get from point A to point B, whatever that point B is. Our colleges should be that way across every program it should not be a mystery on how to transfer. It should not be a mystery on how to get an associate's degree. It should be very clear from day one when a student walks onto that campus. So we've got uh, a guided pathways uh, framework in the budget this year that will help us do what we've already learned from Puente across all 113 colleges. All right, uh, Chancellor, we'd like to just here step to the podium. We want to uh, thank you uh, for all your accomplishments and service for so many years to our community. We're very proud that you've been elevated to, to this position and, and we have a lot of hope, mucha um, esperanza, that we're gonna be able to, to um, make things function just a little bit 
easier the way it needs to be for, for our students, right? Um, the majority of our students, as been said here, of, uh, of Latino students, they, go, they start off at the community college, right? So that's, that's where the, the pipeline uh, leaks the most, right? So that's, that's where the, the majority of our focus needs to take place. So we want to award you our lead medallion of honor, and we thank you for all your, your accomplishments and service to our community. Well, I, it's, it's a privilege to work with Enrique. It's a privilege to work with all of you. And I look forward to continuing to push hard to ensure that every student, every one of our students throughout California has an opportunity to a quality higher education. So thank you for all your work.